Tino Falava, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Elisha Foon. Welcome to the final show of 2023. Coming up. What I found was quite disturbing. There were tarpaulins pulled across roofs, you know, just to provide some sort of temporary shelter. There's one woman, she has no home. We reflect on the biggest Pacific news and sports stories of the year. And later. Ashfall has been witnessed in the islands of Hapai. RNZ Pacific's new documentary featuring the stories of survivors of the Hungatonga Hunga Haapai volcanic eruption. But first, it's been a significant year for Pacific News, and Lydia Lewis wraps up some of our biggest stories. More than 100 people died in the Lahaina wildfires in Hawaii. My whole neighborhood is gone. It's just all gone. Homes damaged, bodies on the street, cars abandoned, caught on fire. People were jumping in the water. It's like a movie. Like it's like a movie. These are things that you see in the movie, but that's what it looks like. Our town just looks like The Walking Dead. Vanuatu was hit by three severe cyclones in a matter of months, all surpassing Category Four strength. To have had to cut for cyclones in less than a week is history in itself and something that even the elders in our families haven't seen before. People trying to carry people with disabilities on their back. I was trying to hold my door from 5 p.m. till about 3 a.m. I was just using all my force with my hands and my backs, back and legs to try and hold the door because if I didn't, it would snap. Vanuatu journalist Dan McGarry visited vulnerable communities. What I found was quite disturbing. There were tarpaulins pulled across roofs, you know, just to provide some sort of temporary shelter. There's one woman, she has no home. Both small buildings that she owns are completely gone. She has no livelihood at the moment because her employer, of course, isn't calling her into work. You know, she's lost everything and she's without the means to return it. It's a tough, tough go for a great many people here in Port Vila. I've seen Vanuatu come back from Pam. I've seen Vanuatu come back from Harold. I am positive Vanuatu will be able to bounce back from Kevin. Then in May, there was tropical typhoon Mawa, which hit Guam. And on the backdrop of very real and devastating impacts from the climate crisis, Pacific leaders stood together at COP28. I came from my home island to work with you, all to solve the greatest challenge of our generation. I came here to build a canoe together for my country. Instead, we had built a canoe with a weak and leaky hull, full of holes. Yet we had to put it into the water because we have no other option. One of the outcomes calls on all countries to move away from the use of fossil fuels, but does not include explicit calls to phase out or phase down. The Secretary-General of the Pacific Islands Forum labelled the outcomes as a disappointment as he reflected on the year that's been. Overall, COP28 was a disappointment. We will never give up. We have to continue pushing that 1.5. Mr Puna was however pleased to see young Pacific climate warriors at COP and other events throughout the year. A young but fierce Brianna Fruin attended the United Nations General Assembly. It's so important to have young people in the room and to have civil society, people who actually aren't getting paid to be here. 
Uh, but coal, oil and gas needs to be something that's addressed and the plan on how this will be phased out needs to be talked about. Those representing the next generation at the table, Pacific leaders, started the year fractured, but through Talanoa, unity ensued. The fracture is now history. You know, we've all collectively decided to move on, so we're not looking back. Kiribati President Thanes Mamal told RNZ Pacific in February at the Forum Leaders Retreat in Fiji that the leaders have a duty as a Pacific family to stick together. I think we have a duty as Pacific family to keep, to keep us together and to, to meet the challenges together. Because in unity, we surely will succeed. Fast forward to November's leaders' meeting in Rarotonga. Australia announced a controversial treaty with Tuvalu on the sidelines of the meeting. While Tuvalu's Prime Minister, Kalsiana Tano, is pleased, the current opposition leader is not. Tuvalu is uh, floating aimlessly without a rudder. It is floating, being put onto the currents of confusion. Turning to politics now, Vanuatu had the most instability, with two prime ministers ousted this year alone. Fiji marks one year with new prime minister Sitiveni Rambuka in power, and French Polynesia elected pro-independence leader Moitai Brotherson. Nui re-elected Dalton Tangilangi as premier. Tokelau elected Kalihiano Kalolo as the Uluo Tokelau, and they also experienced COVID-19 community transmission for the very first time. And a big development in Papua New Guinea's Zinga province, the Pagera mine is to reopen, but concerns remain around settling some of the local issues. The way in which the government got around the need to have compensation agreements in place before the issue of a, a special mining lease was to pass a, a, a piece of legislation which basically said, look, the existing compensation agreements before the closure of the mine will allow those to continue in the interim while new compensation agreements are, are relocated. The Bagheera region had been beset for for years by violence, typically tribal fighting. Then on August 24, Japan started releasing treated nuclear water from the defunct Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power station into the Pacific Ocean. It was a move that got the Pacific and the world talking. The, the products from Fukushima um, are perfectly fine for uh, consumption. Would you drink the water? Well, you know, I was asked this and many people in Korea were very angry at me because I said that I would. And as the year comes to a close, a New Zealand pilot is set to spend Christmas in West Papua. These indigenous people have suffered a lot. Indonesian government should do more to end impunity, human rights abuses in West Papua. But this is a hostage situation. The most important is to call on this group to immediately, unconditionally, release all of the hostages, including the New Zealand uh, pilot. Philip Mertens was kidnapped in February as an attempt by the West Papua Liberation Army to direct focus to their demands. Our demand is clear. They support Indonesia, supply firearm, war equipment, and also they train Indonesian military and police to kill with Papua for the last 60 years. So we, so we need to talk with New Zealand government face to face. We will not negotiate with Jakarta. 2023, a big news year for the Pacific, 
led by the climate crisis, politics and geopolitical tensions, which are set to simmer into the new year. With the Papua New Guinea government failing to table the Bougainville independence referendum, the government in Booker wants a moderator to solve the negotiation impasse. Bougainville's Minister for Independence Implementation, Ezekiel Massat, hosted UN officials recently and raised the matter with them. He told Don Wiseman about the possible solution. The moment national government adjourned the parliament to 2024, it is in direct breach of the uh, Araconi Covenant where the parties had agreed that 2023 would be the year of ratification. And when the UN came, I was suggesting that maybe we should have a change of the way we utilize a moderator. And I was thinking that maybe we should have, for want of a better word, a working moderator. Do you mean someone who can be proactive? Someone yes, who's, who's got the resources to be proactive? Absolutely. Uh, we're waiting for a dispute to happen and then the moderator comes in. Probably there's a need now to uh, have the moderator walk the parties through those potential hotspots so that we don't get to that impasse state. And I think it will serve us well, uh, given the example that we are now facing where the national government, very ignorant of the fact that we had agreed that 2023 was a year of ratification, have agenda the parliament to 2024. That's a breach. With the UN, have you talked about who might be a moderator? No. Any names been thrown around? We've got the names on our side, but that hasn't gone to UN. I understand the president and the prime minister have also had the conversation in terms of who it might be. The, I understand also that the prime minister has very much left it to the president to start submitting the names. I've uh, encouraged the UN to also start thinking of potential candidates which they know of. But one thing is for certain, Don, that the uh, moderator will come from our region, meaning the Asia. Australia Pacific region and once we've settled on it then we've made a call for the national government to convene a uh, an agent JSB purely for purposes of dealing with uh, endorsing the moderator accepting that the the government has put off until next year when is the first sitting of parliament and presumably in that sitting there is going to be the beginning of this process of tabling the referendum Yes, uh, but there's a lot of uh, talk that needs to happen. Despite all the anger and uh, all the uh, whatever's happening, we're very, uh, we're very hopeful that the national government uh, opens up dialogue. I'm, I'm willing at this stage even to re-engage with Minister Makiba. The president is also uh, made it absolutely clear that uh, he'd want to have a chat with the prime minister. It's in our interest, Don. Uh, members expressed a very deep concern about the impasse, and they've uh, made a call specifically to, to me that regardless of the impasse, I should continue to, to re-engage with the national government and, and find a way forward on this issue of the sessional order and all that comes with it. So I'm, I'm ready when the national government is ready. I've made it absolutely clear that the impasse does not serve Bougainville's interest, uh, and therefore we have to keep that uh, open dialogue going. It's in our interest to have many of these matters sorted out. It's been almost two years since the Hungatonga Hungaha by eruption, the world's largest in over a century. 
In commemoration of the event, RNZ Pacific is releasing a short film documentary called Honga Tonga Honga Haapai Stories from the Kingdom, which features eyewitness accounts. Ashfall has been witnessed in the islands of Haapai. We heard this massive, you know, the sound. It kept going on and on. And then I suddenly see everyone panicking and running. People were driving like crazy. The impacts on people were unprecedented. The film is produced and directed by Finau Fonua with videography by Angus Drever. To watch the documentary, follow the RNZ Pacific Facebook page and our website at rnzi.com. It's been a compelling year of Pacific sporting events from Fiji dominating at the Rugby World Cup to the Pacific Games hosted in the Solomon Islands. I spoke with RNZ Pacific senior sports journalist Delia Satora about the sporting highlights of 2023. Fiji making it into the quarterfinals of the Rugby World Cup in France was one of the, the highlights of uh, 2023 for Pacific sports. And uh, of course Samoan Tonga also making it into the in, into the World Cup and uh, putting up some great performances at the, at the World Cup in France. The other one is uh, the Netball World Cup, where Tonga you know finished ahead of uh, of Fiji as uh, as uh, the top Pacific representative and um, playing well at at the World Cup. They're first uh, in the history of uh, uh, Tonga Netball, uh, and then. They also finishing in in the top ten from the event. So um, those two World Cup performances uh, by uh, Fiji and Tonga uh, in netball and rugby uh, would rate as uh, as the best performances uh, from team sports in the Pacific for 2023. The Pacific Games was also a big one. What are some of the highlights from this event? Yeah, the, the, the Pacific Games. You know, for the Solomons uh, to be able to do that. And did it well. The uh, you know the opening ceremony was touching, uh, watching on on television, uh, and of course uh, the closing, and then seeing the teams go out there. Uh, I think for me the highlights of uh, the Pacific Games was the smaller teams, the smaller nations, coming through and winning medals and and disrupting uh, some of the, the the flow, the consistency that had been there in the past games where Nicoladonia and Tahiti basically just dominated, especially in weightlifting. Um, powerlifting in uh, athletics and swimming, eh? and we had you know swimmers from Samoa, Cook Islands, Fiji, coming in, and and um, um, Northern Marianas, uh, Marshalls, and uh, you know some of the other s- smaller nations coming in, and 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 uh, being able to win um, gold medals and even uh, silver and bronze in those events where Nicola Duny and Tahiti dominated, and and um, that that shows that. Uh, uh, the, the nations out there, the Pacific Island countries, are, you know, are beginning to to put in place uh, programs that are that are helping in in uh, athletes growing and developing, and they are also being able to access international competition uh, opportunities outside of their own countries, outside of the Pacific, where they are able to build on on their talent and 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 their skills and uh, and in, and improve. Eh? Are there any other sport events that made headlines this year? The annual seventh. Rugby series uh, that that is happening every year. Uh, Samoa uh, and uh, Fiji have been part of that with their men's team, and the Fijian women's team have been part of that. The fight for the uh, Olympic 2024 qualification went through during the series. Uh, Fiji was able to get in 
uh, in the men's team uh, by finishing in the top five and um, aut- automatically qualified for Paris. And then the good news is that Samoa uh, is the second team from the Pacific that has been uh, able to qualify for that in the men's competition. And the Fijiana women's team qualified, um, uh, I think, two months back in Brisbane uh, for the Olympics as well as the, as one of the, the women's team from the Pacific. And, of course, Tonga still has the opportunity uh, to qualify from that. And, uh, you know, the series now with... Uh, with the first round of matches being done in Dubai and Cape Town uh, in the last month, uh, has changed in, in, in the system and how it's being operated. And uh, uh, good for the Pacific teams that they now can taste that as they build up to, to Paris in, uh, in 2024. And of course, there have been some uh, um, you know, other uh, sports events, uh, sports teams from the, from the region, you know, Vanuatu Beach Volleyball. Uh, Keeping with their consistency in uh, in playing across Asia and the Pacific and trying to qualify for the Olympics, uh, some of the Pacific weightlifters are not being able to uh, to perform at the Pacific Games and also now in line for qualification for uh, for the uh, Olympic Games, uh, hockey Fiji, uh, you know, being able to qualify in the men's and the women's in the hockey fights uh, for the first time for the World Cup next year. Uh, those are some of the other you know. Uh, uh, highlights of uh, of sports in the Pacific and the achievements in 2023. What's in store for Pacific sports in 2024? The qualification for uh, the Rugby World Cup in 2027, which will be held in uh, in Australia, closer to home, uh, is going to kick start uh, next year. We have uh, qualification for the for the Olympics in women's soccer that is also going to be happening next year, um, and the uh, football World Cup uh, itself. The seventh rugby series, uh, starting off with uh, you know with um, uh, Oceania Championship next year to see if there are some other teams that can qualify for the for the playoffs, and of course the Olympic Games in 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 France, which is uh, uh, going to be the highlight for 2024 in a lot of sports. As I said, Fiji, Samoa have already qualified from rugby. Uh, there are attempts by uh, individual athletes also who are trying to qualify for that. So. Uh, that is something that we can look forward to in uh, 2024. Naka, thank you so much for everything this year. Naka, Naka Mokaleo for the opportunity and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all the sports teams around the Pacific. That officially wraps up Pacific Waves for 2023. To listen back to your favourite or missed shows, head over to rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself, Alicia Foon, and the RNZ Pacific team, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Tofa soi fua.